This is Christiana Ray Colon, and you're listening to the New Manifest Theater Podcast. Hi, I'm Ashley Hazard, and you are listening to the New Manifest Theater Podcast. Well, the moment we've been waiting for has arrived. This past weekend, the Texas premiere of Good Friday opened to rave reviews at the Vortex Theater to kickstart the New Manifest Theater's 2020 season. I was there opening night, and I have to say, I was so proud of every one of the cast members and the talkback discussion members, everyone who had a hand in bringing the show to fruition and for handling the show with such care. It was a very moving performance, and already it has made a huge impact on the community. Following opening night, I was joined in the studio by the entire Good Friday crew, including playwright Christiana Ray Colon, director Simone Alexander, stage manager Joy Green, and dramaturg Yasmin Mikhail. We get a chance to uncover all of the ho- all the behind-the-scenes touches that brought the show to life. Before we hop into our conversation, though, a reminder that Good Friday has a content warning for sexual assault, rape, domestic violence, gun violence, mass shooting, violence, and blood effects. We cover some of these themes loosely in our conversation. I can't wait for you to hear what went into making this production, but first, a community update. Calling all playwrights with short plays and artists with short performance pieces. Festival submissions are open for our second annual Manifest Minifest Short Play Festival. We want to showcase a diverse range of stories and styles. You can submit multiple options. Please submit 15 minutes or less performance pieces and plays to newmanifesttheater at gmail.com. That's theater with an R-E, newmanifesttheater at gmail.com. We will close submissions on April 30th, 2020 and hold acting ensemble auditions in late May 2020. So we are fresh off the heels of opening night of the regional Texas premiere of Good Friday. And last night we all gathered in the Vortex Theater where the show is running and we witnessed some incredible work. Um, today we're joined in the studio by the show's playwright from the Windy City herself, Christiana Ray Colon yes. from Chicago here in Austin. Hi. I'm so excited to pick your brain about what led to you creating such a powerful story. And we also have our stage manager, Joy Hello. Green. Yes. And dramaturg, Yasmin Mikhail. Yasmin Mikhail. Yes, and we have Simone Alexander as well joining us in the studio. So how does it feel to finally present this piece to the audience last night? It's amazing. We are so excited. <laughs> Opening was super fun. Very liberating and lovely to have an audience with us. Yeah, the audience reactions and all of the cast was just in such a great stride, really great energy. The audience reactions are my favorite. Yes, mm-hmm. definitely. Okay, so the show begins with the girls in various states of undress getting ready for the day. Um, I thought that was such a powerful way to showcase the vulnerability of each character leading into what we know is then going to happen for the the duration of the play. But um, would you talk to me about, Christiana, your (laughs) process in in thinking thinking that through when you first um, developed that storyline in the beginning? Yeah, I mean, you definitely touched on it with the word vulnerability um, and showing just the, the vulnerable states that we're in and our um, our solitude as we are preparing for our day. Um, also to show the spectrum of womanhood and femininity and the different ways that that is represented in these different characters. Um, and of course it is them uh, also putting on their armor for the day in the ways that women do to face the world all the time. Yeah, and so... Um Maybe, Simone, you could touch on this. What is the um, the general, if you could give us, without giving away too much, what the show is about for audiences that are coming to see it? Um, so the show starts um, at a regular, you know, college campus, women's studies class. 
um, and you see these amazing personalities and all these women and their teacher and that interaction between a discussion on feminism um, and that is um, disrupted when an active shooter incident happens on the school's campus and then that unfolds and information is found out via technology in the room um, and then a uh, spoiler alert mm-hmm. I guess yeah. the active shooter ends up entering their classroom and then you also see that dynamic um, between all of the women at that time as well. Absolutely. And um, I think I was initially struck by how how charming and actually hilarious it was the first 15 minutes of the show before we mm-hmm. we delve into the heavier subject matter. But um, especially in light of what we know is coming, it took us on an immers- emotional journey. So I would love to hear all of your first impressions of the script. Yasmin, maybe you can go first. Yeah, um, I'm always looking for where joy shows up in scripts. So for a piece that is very much dealing in that delicate balance of what it means um, to be striving in academia and what happens when it's disrupted, I was so struck by the complexity of all of the women and um, wanting to jive with some of them, agree with others, be shocked by others, um, how much I was even in myself ebbing and flowing as I was getting to know them and seeing parts of myself and parts of my thinking show up on the page was just super inspiring um, and very heartening to see just real strong with it femmes doing their thing. Um, Yeah, I mean, I I loved it. I think I was, um, at the time last year, early last year, after we had finished our first play, I was really looking for um, another piece of work that spoke to me and my age, where I am now, um, how I relate to my youth and my college experience, um, and seeing a script with that's an all-female cast, but not only that, also um, Christiana's intentionality and call for um, an inclusive cast and production team from the very start was something that I, I was really drawn to. I mean, I've now um, being a producing artistic director of a company and requesting rights often for shows and talking to playwrights about their work, that is a relationship that I really love to nourish and I really love getting to know playwrights and where their work is coming from. And I feel like that really enlightens the process as a whole. But specifically for this work, um, you don't really come across playwrights who make the call so actively and so intentionally um, from the beginning, and I feel like because of that, we've created this amazing environment um, out of it that I hope to take into every single environment that I'm in in the future, Um, and I hope that people can also see this intentionality within this production and want more for other theater companies in their productions as well, and know that um, not only is it possible, but it's also um, necessary and it's work that can be done if you are intentional about it. Yeah, I was um, very attracted to the fact that it's a contemporary play, a new work with a uh, cast mainly comprised of women of color, which is rare to see being produced in Austin. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was just like on board from the start. Um, and the kind of like delightful bonus that it, the production team was also made up of mainly women of color and non-binary people of color. It's just 
perfect. I yeah, I learned so much from this experience and le- fell in love with the show as we were producing it, rehearsing it, falling in love with the characters, which are all completely um, different from each other. Um, that are not only like strong and capable, but deeply, deeply flawed, and yeah. how that impacts the script and drives it forward um, was just really interesting to see day after day. Absolutely, and I know we talked about this a little bit with with you, Simone. That kind of the difference here is that what it starts the show starts off with one issue, mm-hmm. and then by the end, when you realize kind of when you're in the classroom with the girls, you it's flipped on its head, and you wonder if the first thing was justified. So I wanted to talk with you about uh, Christiana about your process with that. I heard that you recently start you were recently learned that you started working on this piece in 2009. Mm-hmm. Um, but what was the impetus to bring this this story about? Yeah, so it started actually with um, a a young poet that I was mentoring inviting me to uh, produce a play on her college campus, um, Wellesley, uh, which is an all-women's college. And at the time, I had only written one play um, called But I Could Only Whisper that uh, central themes like black masculinity and mental health um, and so the main character is a black man. I was like, you know, I don't know if I can justify doing that play with an all-female cast, but I'm working on a play with an all-female cast. I was lying. Um, (laughs) But I used that as um, sort of the inspiration to start writing a piece. Uh, And then I asked myself, like, what is the thing that you would not expect a play with an all-female cast to be about? Um, and the Virginia Tech shooting happened on my 21st birthday, so it's very much kind of a part of my uh, coming-of-age uh, DNA. Um, and, yeah, so that that is the, the impetus for the play. And then the characters, I part of my project as a playwright is to complicate the notion of the singular antagonist um, and the, the archetype of the villain, I think it's a way that we sort of distance ourselves from the ways that we're all complicit in the violence in our uh, society. And so uh, challenging folks to reconsider what they think they know about justice and violence and why it happens um, and how we um, are able to sort of cast certain people out based on how they're different from us. Uh, or similar to us, um, the play hopes to to complicate that and sort of gather folks around some new ideas. Absolutely. And and for everybody coming to see the show, don't worry, there is um, support from built into the talk back discussion. And one of the things that really stood out to me with one of the um, the members of the the panel was that, you know, we try to distance ourselves from the actual subject matter at hand of sexual assault by saying if it was, oh, if I had known it was you, then I might have reacted differently, may have responded differently. So I thought that was a really powerful way. And kind of what the show also helps to bring to life is is that theme as well, is knowing it doesn't matter who if you know them or not, just how you should respond to them. And um, that made a huge difference as well. Um, so uh, I've been keeping up with the different stories that New Manifest has been putting out. And I saw that, Christiana, you've been playing a major role and in an integral part of actually being in the, the rehearsal space, which I think is somewhat rare. Um, could you talk with me about some of the elements you've been working with the cast on? Yeah, I mean, I, I love to be in the mix uh, mm-hmm. whenever my plays are being produced. 
um, because I'm not really interested in my plays being produced just for the sake of having a production up somewhere, really being in community with folks, mm -hmm. uh, and that live in-person collaboration uh, is part of the work. Um, so, you know, perhaps one day I will get to be so busy that I can't possibly be in all of the places that my plays are being produced at one time. Uh, but while I have the capacity, I'd like to be as hands-on as possible. Um, and I'm really grateful for New Manifest Theater being so generous and hospitable, especially me traveling with my one-year-old, um, who has been involved in a few processes of Good Friday now uh, in his first year of life. But that definitely, like, with him walking around and starting to talk, this is the most sentient that he's been as a part of the process. Uh, and usually my process in the room is to be pretty quiet um, and just to make myself available as a resource um, for folks to ask questions. And then when folks do ask questions, I'm usually just trying to reflect them back. Um, I say all the time that though I am an expert on the play because I wrote it, I'm not the expert uh, and that everyone's experience um, lends them their own expertise on the subject matter. And so, you know, folks make me look really smart <laughs> a lot of the time <laughs> uh, by bringing their genius to the play. Um, and so a, a lot of my role has just been um, affirming folks and their intuition and their, their gut about the character. Um, and then, of course, like sending some on my notes um, <laughs> and, you know, offering whatever insight from previous productions, especially with some of the more challenging technical elements of the play. Yeah. And um, how long how long have you been in Austin working with them on this? Uh, two weeks for the now. past two weeks. OK, yeah. awesome. When it was down to the wire. That's perfect. Um, so I also the social media aspect of the show is a major contribution to moving the story along and the power, the, the use of the PowerPoint projector and showing real-time notifications and news coverage on the screen really hammered home the point that we, what we see as a general public after the fact versus what the people in the room are experiencing. And I thought that was really powerful. And even the set, the way it was designed, the, we as audience members felt like an extension of the classroom. So I wanted to talk with you, Joy, about that because you've had a little bit of a cameo in that <laughs> the social media coverage. <laughs> um, but what what was that process of bringing the social media aspect um, to this play? Yeah, um, well, first props to Ashton Murphy, who was our projections designer. Um, She's working here in Austin, um, and she helped craft the all the social media montages and slides um, and kind of developing uh, the world's reaction to the active shooter incident um, on campus as well as the, um, the character's perspective and how they utilize social media. Um, yeah, I think the social media aspect as well as the rest of the play go hand in hand. The, the nature of like the vortex space especially is so intimate and we and very immersive. Um, we crafted the set to be an immersive experience. The play is so short and everything happens so instantly mm -hmm. um, that like we just wanted the audience to feel so connected with the characters. You're literally as close as maybe two feet away from a person from an actor on stage and right. so um kind of bringing everyone all in together having them experience um the events of the day 
as they're turning was super important. And yeah, all the technical aspects kind of uh, made that as cohesive as possible. And yeah, it went really well. I think um, the audience really vibed with it <laughs> and got good reactions from it. And I can't believe it actually worked. <laughs> we got it all together. And I know that, Christiana, when we were talking earlier, you were saying that in 2009, when you originally started working on this play, it was a very different conversation and maybe not as integral to the storyline as, as it ended up being for this production. Yeah. Um, in the, the first version of this play, which was called The Darkest Pit, um, you know, it was at a time when, like, MySpace was still mm -hmm. a thing and LiveJournal. Um, and so the language of how the information about the shooting gets out to the world uh, was just very different. Just in the short span uh, of time between when I wrote the first draft and when I revisited it in 2015, social media evolved so much. Um, and so I revisited it. Um, my very good friend and collaborator, Tara Branham, you know, after the first version of the play, it became obsolete so quickly that I really was content to just leave it in a drawer. I didn't think I was going to touch it again. Uh, and Tara encouraged me to take another look at it. Um, and I did, and my voice had evolved so much that I ended up completely rewriting the play mm -hmm. um, with, you know, a focus on updating the social media aspects of the play and the technological aspects. Um, and then one of the most integral plot points uh, is Facebook Live and uh, and the characters using the live feature of social media, which uh, in 2016, when we had the world premiere, was like very new to me. I had never used it. Uh, and that innovation actually came into the script uh, during Tech Week. Yeah. Uh, and so it was a, a, a 11th hour rewrite mm -hmm. that really... Um, reshaped the play uh, and uh, heightened the urgency of the play, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And um, speaking of Tara Branham, I know you, Yasmin, have a, a built-in connection with that, that that I didn't even realize before talking with you. Um, so talk to us about how you're recently new to Austin. Mm -hmm, you came from Chicago true. as well. Yes. Which is crazy. How did you how did you get to meet Tara and work with her? And, and how did you know about Christiana before working on this show? Yeah, um, so I was fortunate to go to DePaul University. I graduated in 2017, and that year I took a civic dramaturgy class with Isaac Gomez, and we were taught Florissant and Cansfield. That was the first time that I was really um, hurt and charged by a play, but also just like the, the tenacity that was even in that script. So that was my first introduction to Christiana's work. Mm -hmm. um, but that following summer, she had another show that went up in Chicago that got such um, an irresponsible review from a critic, and that oh. propelled me as someone to step up to arts journalism. Um, so in writing a piece about telecom, I found my own voice as a journalist and was just so um, inspired by writing. And by putting my own brain on the page, I started getting production opportunities as a dramaturg. Um, I was able to collaborate with Tara Branham and another dramaturg, uh, Tunisia Jagernoff, mm -hmm. um, through both of them, I was introduced to the concepts of having collective agreements and community agreements in spaces. So I really enjoyed bringing that to our actors working on a piece that is so heavy and mm -hmm. figuring out how do we show up for each other? What are the bare minimums that we would appreciate having in a space? Um, and that manifested in having a beautiful care basket that yes. everyone brought offerings <laughs> to. Um, and very much giving each other language of poking and prodding at a script, but not each other yeah. in the in the rehearsal yeah, space. Definitely. 
And so how did you go about striking that balance when when the, the stakes are so high and the actors are, are having to go through these emotional highs and lows, but really focusing, focusing it on the work? Um, I mean, I think uh, along with the collective agreements, um, we also uh, brought in, um, Yasmin brought in uh, Tara Branham's essay on HowlRound Mm -hmm. um, about harm reduction and what that looks like in a rehearsal space. And I feel like um, those guidelines were extremely inspirational and insightful in tackling this work, but also creating the environment where we can step away from it. that had manifested itself into check-ins and check-outs at the beginning and ends of rehearsal, um, which I think were just really um, helpful so that if people were bringing, um, you know, something from their day, whether that be work, whether that be their personal life, knowing that they can say that, they can voice that at the beginning of rehearsal, but Uh hopefully that they can um, leave it at that time and we can still be productive throughout rehearsal. in spite of that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and if we could, because Yasmin, you did lead the talk back discussion. Could you talk to us a little bit about who who was on the panel and, and some of the different resources available to audience members when they come and see the show? Absolutely. Um, so we were fortunate to have Safe Alliance having a representative, Mom Demand Action, and a community artist. Um, so we were very much going back and forth, Simone and I, figuring out how do we facilitate a space after the show where we can take as much care as possible. Mm-hmm. So that manifested in um, prioritizing a panel of resource sharing um, and talking about what it means to take action for yourself and really show up for survivors and show up for everyone since you don't really know who moves among us and what their mm-hmm. life experiences are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so Christiane, I did want to give you a platform to talk about your, uh, Let Us Breathe Collective, um, and kind of how that feeds into this show as well. Yeah. So I am, uh, an abolitionist, uh, which is to say that I am working toward a world free of prisons, police, and carceral systems. And that perspective, uh, evolved with the genesis of the Let Us Breathe Collective, Um, The Let Us Breathe Collective started in 2014 as a response to the uprising in Ferguson. Um, And we now operate the breathing room space in Chicago. Uh, And so when I uh, first wrote the first version of this play, I didn't necessarily have an abolitionist uh, lens yet. And so I've been now thinking about it uh, through that context and really thinking about how the play illuminates the brokenness of the systems that we have in place uh, and how bereft of justice um, the the criminal justice system often leaves uh, the people that need the most support. Mm-hmm. Uh, and while Good Friday definitely um, doesn't pose solutions that I you know that I hope people employ, um, I think it, it sort of shows the, the antithesis. Um, if, if we don't imagine better solutions, um, sort of the, the dystopian darkness that we could be staring into. Yeah, yeah. and I think um, that was one of the major um, touch points that I, that I took away from the, the talk back discussion last night from the sexual assault um, expert is that ma- the majority of sexual assault survivors don't go to the police first they're going to friends and family and how do we provide that space for them to feel like they're not only empowered and we don't take the power away from them, but also that we believe and support them as well. 
So um, I also, I wanted to give you all the space to talk about anything else that you have going on. Um, I know, Christiana, you have the Lettuce Breed Collective. Is there anything else you're working on? Yeah, I'm working with the Lyric Opera Chicago. I am the librettist for uh, a youth opera that we are devising um, through a program called Empower Youth. So I'm working with 30 black teenagers on the south side of Chicago to write an original opera that they will perform in June. Um, So I'm super excited about that. It's my um, first foray into the Mm. librettist role, um, and it's super exciting. It's incredible. Um, this is Joy. Joy <laughs> <laughs> Green. Yeah. Um, I am going to attend uh, North Carolina School of the Arts. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I'll be one of two directors um, in the 2024 class. Um, my mom will want me to say this, but <laughs> over 900 people applied. And so, yeah, I'm just very proud and very excited to Absolutely. attend the school. Loving it. Excited. Yay, congratulations. That's super exciting. <laughs> um, this is Simone. Um, next on my horizon, I guess after uh, taking hopefully a little bit of a break after Good Friday closes, oh, yeah. um, then we'll be headed straight into Manifest Manifest work. So hey. searching for more playwrights, um, local playwrights and artists in town and hopefully showcasing um, 10 to 15 minute pieces that are um, multidisciplinary. So Mm -hmm. please submit your work. We would love to um, see everything, everything from, you know, short narrative plays to um, one person shows to musicals to dance pieces. (laughs) We want to see it all. Oh, yeah. And you can submit those to newmanifesttheater at gmail.com. Thank you. Yeah. Wonderful. Uh, This is Yasmin. Um, So a lot of my practice is arts journalism, and I recently debuted at the Austin Chronicle and Sightline, so please keep up with writing. Um, That's what I'm going to do. I also have my hands on some scripts, both here in Austin, but I can't announce that work yet, so feel free to follow me on Instagram. I am obnoxious there, but (laughs) at Yasmin Zakaria. Yeah, and where can we follow all of you on Instagram? I am uh, at Christiana underscore A-F, Christiana, (laughs) April Fools. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm at at Bell of Joy. Oh, I also wanted to add that um, I recently was named a Young Arts winner. So I'll be going to LA. Let them know. A couple weeks after the show closes. So that's pretty new. Yeah. At Bell of Joy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, You can follow me at at Simone Raquel Alexander, um, also at New Manifest Theater. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And the website, again, is? Uh, newmanifest.org. Perfect. Okay, great. Well, this show was incredible. I think we were all moved. Um, laughter, tears, um, intense anger. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, all of the above. It's something you definitely should be proud of. And I think, um, yeah, everybody else will feel the same way. So come and see the show at the Vortex Theater. Uh, up until March 14th, it's running for the next three weeks. And we just had our opening night yesterday. So um, at 8 p.m.? Yes. Okay. Yes. yes. And for the next three weekends, 8 p.m. <laughs> okay, perfect. Well, um, other than that, thanks for listening. And until next time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.